Good morning. How you doing? How you feeling? Are you disappointed that I'm here? Tell the truth now. We're in a house of God. Lightning might strike. But it's great to see you again. You know, I was here earlier this summer, I guess, a few months ago. And uh, it was interesting because uh, I've had a lot of great experiences preaching about churches around the, the globe from time to time in the U.S., of course. But on this Sunday, I had a unique experience. The last time I was here, there was an elephant and a giraffe here. So maybe if you know you're part of the church here, you may know. I guess there was a vacation Bible school going on. And these were, uh, they weren't real, it wasn't a real elephant, it wasn't a real giraffe, but they were up here on stage with me, and uh, you know, I've been called worse. So anyway, I was up here with the animals. Uh, We did talk about the Holy Spirit, you may or may not remember that, it's a series that we've begun in my part of the church, I'm actually down in Pasadena, in that uh, particular area just north of downtown L.A., But it's good to be back with you and be able to share a little bit more about the Holy Spirit. So I have a question for you that I I believe will help us. Do you ever feel like you don't get the credit you deserve? Now, if we were honest with each other, there's two possibilities. That you don't get the credit you deserve or that you get more credit than you do deserve. Now, none of us would want to even entertain. How many of you think you get more credit than you deserve? Well, there's three people there. Good for you. You're you're going to heaven for sure. Okay. because the rest of us, we have a problem with that. And some of that's sinful and some of it's normal. I mean, I think it's normal that we just want to be loved and appreciated and respected for the efforts that we make. Now, sometimes we can carry that to extremes, and I'm, I'm one who does that from time to time. I, I really enjoy getting credit that I think I deserve, and I, I want that to be recognized. And for instance, in our home, Mary Kay will be able to verify this, uh, I do, we have the responsibilities divided up in the home, you know, it takes certain things to keep the home going. And so uh, it very well may be that she does more than I do at home. I'm not going to say to that, speak to that specifically, but it might be. But I do some things that I think are significant. And so sometimes if I don't feel like I'm being recognized, I'll come up to Mary Kay and I'll say something like, did you notice the dishes were done today? And of course, actually, you know, I just loaded the dishwasher and turned it on, right? Did you notice that the kitchen was clean today? And you know, my wife, bless her heart, she's, she's has to put up with my sense of humor. So most of the time she just ignores me now. But I want the credit I deserve. You know, part of it is sinful. I I got, I've been preaching for a long time and so Please forgive me for that. And so one thing that most public speakers like, is it okay if I close this right here? No, no, okay, I don't want to do that then. Almost blew up the building. Wow, what would happen? Would the police come in? Would the alarms go off? No one's ever asked. Well, leave it to me. Let me tell you something else that's just sad about me is that I'm a preacher. I've been doing this for many years. And uh, 
I'll tell you a secret. Most of us, we like to get positive feedback. We're not really interested in your negative feedback, <laughs> but we like positive feedback. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, this doesn't say anything good about me, but many times people will come up to me and they'll start telling me I like the sermon or something they liked about the sermon. And in my heart, I'll feel, well, that was kind of mediocre. You could have done a lot better job than that. I feel like you really kind of undersold it, uh, actually. And, and obviously you missed the whole point. And, you know, but now nobody wants to stay for church anymore, right? Because it's like, who is this guy? He's preaching, right? What's he doing up here? I'm just giving you the darkest parts of my soul. But there is a good part of us. It's not always bad that wants to be recognized for things that we do. And I think this is going to help us in our lesson today, because I think frequently we fail to recognize what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life, what the Holy Spirit has done in our life, what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life right now. And we don't recognize him. And we don't appreciate him and we don't love him the way that we should. And so that's the thing that we've been working on in my part of the church. We've been trying to change the culture of our church so that everybody understands that the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is God with us. OK, God presents himself in different ways. The Father, God the Father is in heaven, sitting on His throne, ruling the universe. The Son, God the Son, Jesus came here as God in human form. He was here. He's gone, been gone for 2,000 years now. He's gone back to heaven. He sits at the right hand of God. He pleads our case. But God, His Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is here with us. Yeah. He is all around us. If you're a Christian, he's living in you. And for all of us, he's walking with us. And so many years, I'm just going to be honest with you. Maybe you're new to the church here and maybe you've been like me and you've been here for decades. We have seriously, I believe, and I'm one of the people that's responsible as a preacher of God's word, that we have seriously neglected to honor, to respect, to recognize and give credit to what the Holy Spirit has done, is doing and will do in our lives. So that's what this is all about. I wonder how the Holy Spirit feels. And let me just say this and we'll dive into some uh, some scriptures here. If you miss the Holy Spirit, you will miss God. Does that make sense to you? I'm not saying that you won't completely miss God. You can miss the Holy Spirit and still understand that there's a God and understand certain things about God. But if you don't embrace and get to know and understand the Holy Spirit, you are going to miss so much of what God is doing and what God wants to do in our church and in your life and in my life. Let's look over in John chapter 14. We sort of looked at this the last time I was here and 
I wouldn't expect any of you to remember my sermon from the last time I was here. If you just remember I was here with the elephant and the giraffe, that would be enough. I can't even remember what I preached on two weeks ago. So I wouldn't expect you. This was several months ago. But we, we started looking at John chapter 14. And just to understand the context here, John is one of the four accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus. Jesus came. He lived here for roughly 30 years, but he only proclaimed himself and ministered as the Son of God and made himself known for three years. He had these 12 guys, the apostles. They were meant to carry on the work after he left. The plan was never that he would be here forever and ever physically. So he's going back. And so it's now at the end. And and you know the story, maybe, that Jesus is going to he's about to die on the cross. This is actually the night before he dies on the cross for our sins. And so Jesus is been telling them and they've been slow to understand that he's going to go away. And it finally hits them. They finally understand it. He's physically not going to be here with us anymore. Have you ever felt like you were left all alone at the worst possible time? That's the way they were feeling. They were feeling like, how could you do this, Jesus? You've given us this great mission. You want us to to preach the word. You want us to share the gospel. You want us to go into all the world. And yet you're going to leave now. This is exactly the wrong time for you to leave, Jesus. And so Jesus has these words that should mean, uh, mean a lot to us as well as what it meant to them. In John 14, and you can listen or read along with me. Verse 15, it says, John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. This is Jesus talking. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Counselor, in my New International Version, that's a capital C. Another counselor to be with you ever, forever. The Spirit, capital S, of truth. The world cannot accept him because he neither, it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. You read these words. If they were to understand them and embrace them, what a difference it would make. He's saying, I'm no longer physically going to be present, but my spirit is going to be with you forever. And he makes that promise. And here's the thing. If you've been a part of our church for very long, I will tell you that even myself as a preacher, I would read this, and I would assume this was just for the 12 apostles that Jesus was speaking to. What I believe, and what I want you to believe, 
that this is just as true for us as it was for them. The promise is just as much for us it was for them. That Jesus is saying, and that's what happened in Acts chapter 2. If you fast forward ahead, and you may or may not know the story, but the world is, the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes, and the whole world is immersed in the Holy Spirit. And then he says, if you respond to Jesus, and you follow Jesus, and you repent, and you get baptized, then you personally receive the Holy Spirit. It's not just for them. He's saying, I will be with you. And he's trying to convince them that his Holy Spirit with them is going to be even better than if he was physically still there with him. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Because see, even the physical Jesus, as fantastic as that was, I mean, if you really want to be a Christian and you really want to follow God, it would be pretty fantastic to wake up every morning and there's Jesus already sitting there in your room and he's got his Bible open and he's having a quiet time. And he says, Joe, would you like to join me in a time of Bible study and prayer? And then as you got ready to go, Jesus would be whispering in your ear. Now, Joe, as you go through your day to day, what do you got planned? Okay, this is what you got. Let me tell you what you need to be doing. First of all, some of these things you have planned, you don't need to do those. But some of the other things that you do need to do, and as you go about doing things, this is what you need to be thinking. And, and I'm going to be right there with you every day, and I'm going to walk you through your day. That would be pretty fantastic, wouldn't it? That's essentially what happened for this brief three-year period that Jesus walked with these 12 men. But see, here's the challenge, is that even with the physical Jesus, because he was in human form, he could not be everywhere with everybody at all times. Do you follow me there? So Jesus says, I've got something even better for you. I'm not physically going to be there, but my spirit is going to be in just as real a way. And I understand it's a mystery. And I understand that he's not visible to our human eyes, even though I do believe the Holy Spirit is visible to our spiritual eyes. If we open our spiritual eyes. But he says, I'm going to be with you. And that's going to even be better because I will be with any and all of you, even the people in this audience today. Wow. That's right. I will be with you and I will walk with you. And in the, as the Holy Spirit, I will be with you. What does he say? Always. Forever. Always. There's never going to be a time when you may be feeling, you know, we all know what it's like to feel like you've been left alone at the worst possible time, right? Yeah. I remember, now this is going way back, and so you guys will have to look, use the Google. Uh, <laughs> but there's an old movie. I, I don't really like scary movies, but there's an old movie, it's very old that I watched way back when I was in college. You may have not heard of it. It's called The Exorcist. 
Yeah, so I don't even know if I should recommend it. I wasn't a follower of Jesus when I watched it. So I want to make that clear. But it was, I don't know if I was so scared, you know, I mean, special effects have come a long way and you probably look at it now and you go, well, that's stupid. But I'm telling you at that time, it was, it was, you know, it was cutting edge stuff. Any of you remember that the movie? And I don't know if I was just, you know, I wasn't in a great place spiritually. So the whole idea of demons and, you know, demon possession got my attention. So I went to this movie and it just scared. Some people would say it scared the hell out of me. It was scary. And I went back to my room and when, you know, I was living in the dormitory at the time in college and I went back to my room and my roommate had gone home for the weekend. And I'm telling you, I don't know if I slept at all that night. I'm in the room by myself, of course, you know, but Jesus wants us to feel how real this is. In verse 16, he says, I'm going away, but I have another counselor to be with you forever. Now, how many of you, we all understand, I'm sure, what it is to be a professional counselor? People go to school, they get degrees. There's such a thing, right? I want you to know that I love counseling. I love professional counseling. I mean, I love the fact that I can set up an appointment with somebody and I can go in and it gets to be all about me. (laughs) So I get to talk about whatever's got going on in my life and whatever struggles I'm having and he's paid to listen and give me advice and he's trained to do so and I didn't go I I first uh, started going to counseling um, probably around 2003 some of you may may not understand the significance (laughs) of that date but I have gone off and on for extended periods of time ever since then. And I've told my church this, and I, I am not ashamed to say it. I, I think everybody, if you could figure out a way to do it, and you know, if your insurance, especially if your insurance, code, you should go to counseling. And counseling is not just for people who are so in so, such a broken condition that they cannot function in life. I believe counseling is for people who want to be the very best version of themselves that they can be. And so that's why I go. Not that I'm not broken, but I want to be the best version of myself that I can be. And I love counseling and I recommend it for you. If you haven't tried it, you should. But there's a problem with the counselors that we might pay to go see. Right. Number one is none of them are Jesus. That's right. that's a so that's a problem. <laughs> right. And the other thing is, other than the fact that you have to pay them, that's also a problem. <laughs> Jesus, as the brother said, that did our communion. The debt has been paid. That's right. Amen. You know, we the Holy Spirit didn't cost us anything. But here's the best thing of all. At best, if you go see a professional counselor, you get one hour, no, 50 minutes 
a session. Right? Uh, they charge you for an hour, but you only get 50 minutes. And, you know, I go to these councils. And you know what they tell me after 50 minutes, Joe? Yeah, it's up. time to go. <laughs> time's up. We'll get together next week or whenever it is. But see, what Jesus is saying is, no, the kind of counseling that I'm going to give you, the kind of challenge the Holy Spirit's going to give you, there's no, it's, it's, he's with you all the time. Yeah. Every day, all day, all the time. The Holy Spirit will be with you. And that's why we're better off. He says another counselor, and I'll just share with you the significance of that phrase. It simply means another counselor. He says, one just like me. That's what he's saying. This is not a lesser version. This is not an insignificant person, the Holy Spirit. He is just like, and the word that's translated counselor, and you may or may not know this, means a helper or one who comes alongside. That's what the Holy Spirit, and we, this is where it gets practical, and this is where I want to help you, and this is where I want to help our church. We need to learn to recognize and understand this and embrace this and to be able to experience and feel the presence of the Holy Spirit as we go through our lives Every day. When we look back at our lives, many of us might tend to feel that we could look at certain grandiose, significant events and turning points in our life and like becoming a Christian or whatever it was, something big. And we say, well, I, I see the Holy Spirit was there then. Almost all of us, if you're a Christian, you can see how the Holy Spirit worked in your conversion, right? Yes. But see, I wonder if we're not giving him the credit he deserves. Because he is at work in our lives every day, all day. And yet so many times, perhaps, we don't recognize that. So we're trying to learn to honor and recognize the Holy Spirit as he walks with us and works in us and with us every day of our lives. And we want to tell each other those Holy Spirit stories. Amen. We want to share them with each other so that we can all learn together in a community how to recognize and understand the work of the Holy Spirit. Mary Kay told me a wonderful Holy Spirit story that happened just this week. And uh, what day was that, Mary Kay? Where you and Brenda went on the walk? Uh, three days ago. Three days ago. So let's say Thursday. So we have a neighbor in our apartment complex where we live in Pasadena. And we've been reaching out to her for several years. Her name's Brenda, and uh, Brenda is single again. She was uh, married but divorced, and she has come to church with us before, and not so much lately, and we, we love Brenda. She's become part of our family. She's somebody that we pray about all the time, and so we want Brenda to, to come to faith. Brenda actually did, drove all the way from Pasadena to Anaheim, 
for the 30th anniversary service of the L.A. Church. Um, because Mary Kay told her that she and I were going to be speaking at that. So anyway, um, but that's the kind of friendship we have. But there's something that's that seems to be blocking her. And she had a church experience before. And a lot of people that you know are probably like that. And it wasn't a positive experience. And even though she likes our church, at least that's what she tells us. But she has these things that are sort of there's block. There's an obstacle there. And, you know, Mary Kay was looking for an opportunity, praying for an opportunity to be able to talk to her about whatever her church experience was that is really hindering her from coming to faith. And so as the Holy Spirit works, Mary Kay on Thursday was looking for this opportunity to talk to her about that. She invited Brenda to go for a walk with her and they went walking up through uh, Old Town Pasadena, where we live. And as they were on their way, they passed a church. And Brenda goes, this is the church that I used to go to. Do you see the Holy Spirit at work? So Mary Kay was able to say, well, tell me about tell me about that. What was that like? What was your experience there? And so one of the things that we're doing in our church is that we're trying to recognize what the Holy Spirit may be doing or saying on a daily basis. And we're telling what we want to do is tell the stories of the Holy Spirit that we are experiencing today. This last week, every time when I preach and I guess I've done, I don't know how many sermons on the Holy Spirit now, but every time that I preach, I tell a story of something that I believe I have seen the Holy Spirit work, not way back when I was baptized, not 30 years ago, we planted the Los Angeles church, not even a few years ago. But something that is happening now, because we need to understand and embrace the fact that he is with us. The title of the sermon today, if you like titles, is you are not alone. Even when you feel alone, if you are a follower of Jesus... You are not alone. And even if you're not yet a Christian, and even if you're not yet sure you believe in this, pray to God. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal Himself. Because if you're not a Christian, the Holy Spirit, God with us, let's not make it sound any weirder or more mysterious, but the Holy Spirit is simply God with us. The Holy Spirit wants to help you come to faith. The Holy Spirit wants to help you Decide, make that decision to follow Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to put the right people in your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to work in the circumstances of your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to do whatever he needs to do to lead you to faith and salvation. And if you're a Christian, to lead you to grow and to make more of a difference in your life and help other people become Christians. Because that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Don't think that the Holy Spirit is not your personal genie who's here to give you your three wishes. Right? 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 
And we betray ourselves. Because sometimes we think if there is a Holy Spirit, what I want Him to do, I want Him to give me a better job, yeah. more money, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Right? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit might not do all that for you. But, you know, there's something bigger than just you and you, your little world. Right. Right. I don't want to insult you. <laughs> I don't want to. You ever read that? Uh, what was that uh, book by uh, Rick Warren uh, that a lot of us read? The Purpose Driven Life. I love that book. And one of the first sentences I remember it in that book. It's good because it gets your attention. Anybody know what it is? It's not all about you. The Holy Spirit is what he wants to do more than anything. If you are a Christian, he wants you to grow. If you are a Christian, he wants to use you to reach other people so that more people can be saved. Right. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He's trying to lead us if we're looking and we're learning. Let's finish up here. Skip down to John 14, verse 25 and 26. What time do you usually end your services, Joe? Whenever you're done. We end whenever I'm done? That's right. Well, I'm not usually here, so what time do you usually, whenever it is, right? Okay. How are we going to end tonight? Nobody told me that. You're going to come up? Are you going to say something nice? Something very nice. Something nice. Okay, good. I'll look forward to that. So Jesus goes on, and I'll just close with this, because I think this is a powerful uh, something to remember as we're talking about. And thinking about giving the Holy Spirit the credit he deserves and honoring him in our life. And he says in verse 25, all this, Jesus says, I have spoken while still with you. But the counsel of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. We don't have time to fill all those blanks in. But I believe that's one that the Holy Spirit wants to do for us today. He wants to teach us. Yeah. And he wants to remind us. And it's very interesting that he's been with the apostles for three years and he tells them, I'm going away, but there's still stuff you don't know yet. And I know you feel insecure, but there's still more to learn but don't worry about it because my Holy Spirit is a teacher and he's going to continue to teach you. And when you go back and read the New Testament record, and you may or may not have read it before, and you look at the book of Acts and you look what happened immediately after Jesus left, it's surprising all the things they didn't know <laughs> and all the things that they did that are surprising. Like, for instance, as you read the book of Acts, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, it seems like they would have just stayed in Jerusalem for the rest of their lives. And there had been one church in Jerusalem. And it seems like if it hadn't been for the Holy Spirit, they would have never baptized anybody who wasn't already a Jew. That didn't happen until seven to ten years later. Right. You go, how could they miss that? Well, you and I can both be grateful. The Holy Spirit is very patient. Yeah. Right. 
But it doesn't mean he, he's patient, but it doesn't mean he doesn't want us to learn. Right. He wants to teach us what we don't know. And I guess that's the, the, the question. The word disciple, you probably know this, means student or learner. And if you're not actively looking to learn what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you today, I'm not sure you can really call yourself a disciple. And one of the biggest problems that we have in our church, and so this is family talk, all right? So if you're visiting with us, you may not mean anything to you, but we're trying to change. The biggest problem that we've had in our church for many years is we think we already know it all. Did I say that out loud? Man, I got to stop doing that. Okay, I will say it again. It reminds me of a couple of things about learning. You may or may not have heard it, but uh, John Wooden, the famous basketball coach at UCLA who won so many victories. And of course he recruited all the best athletes. I mean, that's one of the reasons they won because they had great players. They were already very talented basketball players when they showed up there, but he taught them things they didn't know. And a couple of his sayings about learn, being a learner were very important. You may or may not have heard him. One of them is, he says, if you're through learning, you're just through. <laughs> and the other thing that John Wooden said is, it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. <laughs> See, I wonder if we're really still learners today. You know, I have a saying that I, I don't know that I always obey it, but it's sort of a mantra in my life and maybe it'll become one in yours. You don't know what you don't know. Think about it. It's deep, isn't it? It's kind of like, you know, if you lose something, it's always the last place you look. Mary Kay got it. Okay. See, because... So the rest of you are kind of slow. If you lose something, it's the last place you look because what kind of idiot would look for something after they'd already found it, right? Right, right. She's heard it a lot, so she's practiced, yeah, right. <laughs> but you don't know what you don't know. Right. And I'm going to tell you what I believe is the way forward for our church, our fellowship okay. here in the L.A. area, in the globally. The way forward is to become learners who are eager to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. And the Holy Spirit wants to work in us collectively and he wants to work in your life individually. Now, again, I'm being honest for many years. I'm sorry, Joe, I've gone to preaching now for many years. We had a very limited view of how the Holy Spirit worked in our fellowship. He worked through a few leaders who passed down the message of the Holy Spirit to the rest of us. Some of you remember those days? So there was no need for me to seek the Holy Spirit. Another person already told me what the Holy Spirit had to say. But see, I don't think that was ever God's intention. His intention was 
that he would personally work with, speak through, move with, move through every individual in the fellowship. And we just got to learn to seek him and find him and look for him. You know, I'll, uh, I'll just say this. When I started in this wonderful fellowship, and I've tried to be honest with you because I just think speaking the truth is the best, best way to go. Some of this is my opinion, of course, my perspective. But I've, I've been a part of this particular fellowship that we would now call the International Churches of Christ here in Los Angeles Realm Real for over, should I say it? Sure. 40 years. And I wasn't, uh, I wasn't the first, but let's just say I was an early adopter. Okay? And at that time, we were doing all kinds of things that I believe the Holy Spirit led us to do, which were in those days, in that context of the church, very radical. Things that were very different, things that got people upset, things that made people doubt whether what we were doing was right or not. And they questioned us and they and it and it and it concerned them greatly. And they had a saying, those critics of ours. And they were talking about the Church of Christ that we'd grown up in. And they said these seven words. We never did it that way before. And we heard that so many times that for those of us in the early days, that became like a mantra. Mm -hmm. Let us never be the people who hide behind the past and say, no, we can't do this. And no, we can't do that because we never did it that way before. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit wants to do something new in your life. The Holy Spirit wants to do something new in our church. And if we keep trying to go back, we're never going to be able to go forward. That's right. And I think it's good to look back and it's good to celebrate the victories. And it's good to see the way the Holy Spirit worked in the past. And it's good to learn from our victories as well as our failures. But I can assure you the world that we live in is a lot different now than it was 40 years ago when we started out on this path. And perhaps the Holy Spirit wants to do something new and different. And perhaps we shouldn't all insist on doing it the way we always did it before. You say, well, I don't know. Well, what are you talking about, Reese? What are these new radical things (laughs) that we need to be doing? And you already know what my answer is, don't you? I don't know, (laughs) but let's seek the Holy Spirit. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to show us the way. And let me just say this, the way for the Simi Church 
Might that be exactly the same way as it is for the church that Mary Kay and I partner with down in the Pasadena Glendale Burbank area? We're going to use the same Bible. We're going to have the same doctrine. We're going to emphasize all the right things. But our way of going about it might be radically different. You know, when I read the Holy Spirit's, the story of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, I think he's a lot more interested in out of control than he is in control. Did that make any sense to you? I think we in our humanity want to we want to try to control everything and we want to try to pin it in and we want to try to understand it. We want to try to orchestrate it. We want to try to manage it. We want to try to. But measure it. Thank you. But the Holy Spirit in the Bible does things. I mean, you read the book of Acts. That is one scare. That's Mr. Toad's wild ride right there. I mean, that is just way out. Like they did what? They went where? They said that. And what you start realizing is almost none of what they did was planned or orchestrated. It's unmistakably what the Holy Spirit did in them. So I guess I really do need to stop. My wife said yes, so I guess that's a that's an affirmative. But let me just leave you with these practicals if you didn't get them already. Okay. On a daily basis, what I want you to do, and a lot of us, we understand it's a great habit to get up first thing in the morning and spend time with God. When you spend your time with God, honor the Holy Spirit, yeah. pray to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Pray specifically for the Holy Spirit to lead you through your day. Pray for him to make his voice heard. Pray that you'll be able to hear his voice when he speaks. And then when you leave that time with God, don't make your, 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 your personal meditation time, or you might call it a quiet time, all about God the Father and Jesus the Son. That's great. Let's include the Holy Spirit. And let's pray to him and let's honor him and let's recognize him. And let's, as we go out and we go through our day, Let's seek the Holy Spirit all day long. Let's 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 talk to him all day. Holy Spirit, what do I need to do here? What do I need to say here? Where do I need to go now? And then we get to the end of our day. Spend some time. Develop this habit. Spend some time. Just a few minutes at the end of every day reflecting and saying, what did the Holy Spirit do in my life today? Where did I see the Holy Spirit work? Where do I see that perhaps I didn't recognize or honor or seek the Holy Spirit as I went through my life? Spend some time of reflection and then get up the next day and start that all over again. I don't know where you are. I think I know where I am and where my church is. We're trying to become a people who recognize and appreciate the Holy Spirit in a very practical way all day, every day. All day, every day. day. The Holy Spirit, you are not alone. Thank you.
great job, by the way. Thank you.